Buddy and welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast, and it is finally Christmas here in the Video Junkyard. Oh, ho, ho. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas belated to everybody. I have to apologize. I was unfortunately, due to some uh, family emergency, was away and could not be available to record this prior to Christmas. We meant to put it up on Christmas Day initially, and um, unfortunately that just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I want to thank my co-host here, Joe Peterson, for holding down the fort and giving us that excellent short episode that you did last week on The Burbs, which is actually a favorite film of mine as well. So, Oh yeah, I was kind of bummed point. that we're actually <laughs> doing that. I'll be honest, as I was like making my notes on that one and recording, I was thinking, oh, Eric really should be here for this one because I've got stuff I wanted to talk to you about, you know, with the whole like small town, suburb neighborhood thing, but I guess we'll have to save that for another show. We'll, we'll find some other movie about stalking neighbors that will yeah. we'll rope it into it. But welcome back. Welcome back, audience, and welcome back, Eric. Glad everything is uh, is getting better. Everything's good. Yeah, we're all somewhat healthy, I guess. <laughs> it's been ridiculous. Someone in our house has been sick for, it's been five weeks now, solid, like illness uh, run, running through our household. And unfortunately, my daughter wow. got very ill, and yeah, so it caused me to be away for a while she was in the hospital for a few days and um everything's all good now she's she's better and actually my son is the only one that's kind of still sick so getting over a stomach flu of some sort which yeah. just recently ran through the house so yeah my daughter's got that <sighs> too and but you guys just did your christmas right yeah we did unfortunately my, yeah my daughter was in the hospital over the real holidays so when she got back and got feeling better we did we did christmas actually our christmas eve we did on new year's day which is kind of confusing but um yeah, so and then the day after, so on the second was our quote unquote Christmas. So Santa came and you know mm-hmm. left stuff and uh, yeah, it was good. It's pretty you know, much like every other Christmas, you know. Just kids know, maybe, are young enough; they don't know the difference of the day. Maybe date, we should so. start doing it this way though. Like have you know either either the way you guys had it was like New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or put Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve. New Year. Let's just put them together because those days in between are. <laughs> just a fucking mind melter i have no idea what's right. going on i i barely leave the house and it's just <laughs> don't kind get of, out of your pajamas I, and... nope it's it like oh, i guess we should do the dishes now because i don't know what else to do and you're just surrounded by stuff and I'll, you know i don't know about everybody else but we i'm the one who's like ready to take christmas i could do that for celebrating christmas i could take the christmas decorations down that would be awesome for me, but no, we gotta <laughs> we have to keep everything up until after New Year's, and then we take it all down. I do the the great Christmas purge. Yeah, we did the, the same thing like big time this year, and luckily because we, as I was talking to you before we started recording, we're, we're planning on uh, putting our uh, apartment on the market or our condo on the market um, fairly soon after the first of the year was our initial plan. We're running a little late for obvious reasons, but. Um, so my wife was actually on board for the first time ever with like getting the Christmas stuff down as soon as possible. So that worked out well. And we have everything, you know, it is not Christmassy here anymore, except for me. Yeah. I'm a jolly asshole tonight and we're going to make, uh, Oh yeah. Know, our Christmas, Christmas special. And unfortunately, um, a little yeah. late here, but we can be, uh, yeah, have a merry Christmas well, here in the video it, junkyard. It, it, I have my my rocks glass here full of uh, some Christian Brothers brandy holiday nog. 
Um, so I'm ready for oh, wow. our discussion. Uh, I suppose we should just let the cat out of the bag um, yeah. of what we're doing tonight, because it's like a big theme show, our yeah. second Forgotten Franchise episode, which... Do you want to fill everybody in real quick on what a Forgotten Franchise show is? So our Forgotten Franchises are the, you know, we do a review over not just one movie, but an entire series. So we'll, we'll go chronological with them, but it's more of a comprehensive view of the series, if you will. Um, you know, everybody talks about what what's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film or Friday the 13th film or Halloween film, but nobody talks about these. So we did one on Phantasm. Right, and when I was telling people before we recorded that episode, saying, you know, hey, we're going to do this Forgotten Franchise, we're doing Phantasm, I can't tell you how many people said, what's Phantasm? So that's oh, exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Um, so, you know, there's there's a number of, of these kinds of series out there that were, you know, in the in the 80s and or late 70s, early 80s, everybody was trying to do the next Nightmare on Elm Street, next Friday the 13th. Um, and some were hits and some were misses. Some were misses, but they just kept making them. And that's kind of yeah. What that's we're the be. interesting thing about these like forgotten yeah. franchises, as we call them, is that yeah, I feel like some of them were not even greatly successful films to start with, and they still spawned like fifteen sequels or whatever. And right, um, right. It's so kind we, of like yes. yeah, taking taking a magnifying glass to that phenomenon. Like, what is it that kept these things going? Like, who's watching these movies? How are they available to people? And mm-hmm. why did people keep making them? And one thing I think that that's been kind of that's interesting about this one and a couple other forgotten franchises that we've kicked around doing, we probably will do down the line, is that it's getting a little tricky because some of these have remakes now. Yep. And those remakes are more successful than the originals, maybe not yeah. critically, but commercially. And they're making sequels of the remakes, and nobody remembers the original sequels of the originals. Well, and I think in many cases, too, uh, you have a studio that obtains the rights for that that franchise. They obtain the name. And so they slap mm-hmm. the name on something just to keep it fresh. I mean, the Hellraiser, right. Hellraiser films have done that. Yeah, and I think there's some there's some franchises that also have to keep because it's based on somebody else's creative properties. Like Hellraiser is a good example. It's Clive Barker's technically his creative property. So, um, for I, I believe for like contract purposes, in order for them to like I think it was New Line Cinema for them to maintain the rights to his creative property, they have to keep active. On yeah. It. Um, so they have to be doing something with it. They, so every five years they have to put out a Hellraiser movie or else they're going to lose that mm-hmm. or he can start, you know, selling it to other people or whatever. However, those contracts read, but that's a lot of times that's the purpose of like yeah. getting so many of these straight to video type sequels is because they actually just want to keep a hold of that property. And I suspect that's what happened with some of the later entries of the series we're going to talk about tonight. Oh yeah, we might as well uh, go ahead and introduce that one. And if you haven't already guessed, because we're talking about long series and it's Christmas time, it's our holiday episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the Silent Night, Deadly Night series. T'was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. Silent night. Deadly night. 
And I have to admit, this is one, and I think I think it might be the same for you, that prior to doing tonight's episode, prior to preparing for over the last couple of weeks, um, I had never seen any of these films. I had seen them at the video store, like some yeah. of the sequels, especially part three, I remember, uh, seeing the, the, the box art uh, or the cover art there on the, the video cassette. But I have never seen any of these films. So yeah, this, no, this was a real treat for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're correct. That is exactly the same situation for me. I was coming into this entire series blind. So, yeah, I've not seen any of them at all. Um, I do remember the artwork. And I can't remember which one it was that was striking. I actually think it was the original video box. And it was like one of those big, giant, square padded video boxes they had at the video store. Um, mm-hmm. of the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. And so that original box art with the, the chimney and Santa and the Claus. Santa and the, the, uh, yeah, the axe, yeah. With the axe hanging out of the yeah, chimney. Yeah, I remember seeing that when I was younger. I remember seeing that poster. So I guess I'd seen, yeah, the box art and the poster and stuff. But I was, I, and we've talked about this too, growing up in, in Pecatonic, Illinois, this little town in Northern Illinois. At, at the video store there, if they didn't have it, it was gonna, it was rare that you would, have seen it right because it's not like most yeah. of, i know my parents we rarely ever like let's drive 30 minutes to rockford and rent something from blockbuster because that means we got to take it back 30 minutes from yeah blockbuster. I, so I, I lucked I out a little bit as there. a kid because my my dad uh taught in rockford and he would sometimes rent movies for us or we would rent something on the weekend and he'd run it back you know after mm. school on a weeknight mm. or something um, however, we ran into the other challenge, and that was I wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near a Silent Night, Deadly Night film yeah, true. <laughs> when I was a kid, so it really that's didn't true. work out for me either way. And to be honest, but... it was a franchise. I knew it was a franchise because I'm seeing you know the the videos there for parts three and parts four at, mm-hmm. at the video store. But I again, even as a kid, I was like, well, I don't. I, I at the time I thought, oh, I, I'm not going to watch those because I won't know what's going on. And it turns out yeah. I probably could have, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, um, you would have been fine. But um, I do I do admit that I was not aware of the longevity of the series. Like, I was aware there was a Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I was definitely aware there was a Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I remember seeing or ever hearing of anything beyond that. In hindsight, I remember reading a little bit about some of the later sequels. Mm-hmm. But this would have been more recently. In childhood, I think I was probably only aware of the first two films at the most. Okay. But, but, anyway. but better late than never, just like this episode, right? You know, it's, yes, it's better late exactly. than never. We're, we're finally going to actually get to these. Um, so uh, what do you, why don't you lead us in with some uh, just a little background on on the films, especially the first one, because that was, that was the real controversial one, right? Yeah, so Silent Night, Deadly Night was a hugely controversial film, and most people will tell you, uh, at least popular belief is, that it's, it's remembered basically because of that fact um it was and i don't know who screwed up where or who they paid to get it done but there were some promotional commercials put out during primetime television i think on the abc and nbc network um promoting this film and that may be uh according to the networks it was accidental they weren't supposed to air until after i don't know 9 p.m 10 p.m at night whatever whatever time that they you know can air more adult material on tv i think the laws are a little more lax now than they used to be but um anyway they they accidentally quote unquote um aired them during prime time 
So a lot of people who normally wouldn't have been watching television at the time and people, families and children saw these trailers that featured, you know, an axe wielding Santa Claus, um, or basically, an, <laughs> you know, imagine, you know, it's 19, what was it? 84. So it's, it's our early childhood at this point and you're all sitting around the TV. Um, it's, it's getting into the Christmas season. So maybe, maybe it's during your Charlie Brown Christmas trying to watch fucking Rudolph. or whatever. And, <laughs> And uh, this trailer comes on for this show. So anyway, you know, basically the um, PMRC-type moms uh, got active, especially in, um, I think the biggest response was, it was, was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was in Milwaukee market yeah. where they aired the commercials, and that's where it got, the controversy really got started. But nationwide, it started to become a big deal because this the, the protests and the backlash in Milwaukee got some, some press. So um, it could be... And uh, I was reading a bit about it in a wonderful book I have called um, Yuletide Terror that is all about Christmas-themed horror films. But um, the, and I don't have it in front of me, I meant to, uh, remind me, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I do want to, since I mentioned the book, make sure and put the uh, author and editor's Mm. name on there. So, since I can't quote them directly. Uh, But yeah, the... um, could be that the only reason that we remember this film or this film got into all of our video stores everywhere in the United States is because of that controversy. Oh, sure. Um, it was a fairly small budget film, and it was only set to play on a limited amount of screens. Um, it was eventually banned because of the controversy, and about a, what was it, a year later, probably the following Christmas, bought by a smaller uh, distribution company, but... Um, opened on a lot more screens because all of a sudden it was this controversial film that everybody wanted to see. Um, well, so, and then, and and then you, you had Siskel and Ebert. Yes. Which yep, just, made it, big... just made it, in a way, kind of contributed to its cult status because that, I don't know, I, I have mixed feelings about how their review was. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, they it wasn't just how much they well, was didn't it... like this movie. They specifically said the name of the director the writers the producers the yeah and I mean, publicly you know, shamed them on air right which is like a... that's something you would expect today like that yeah. happens regularly today that happens on twitter every 20 seconds well but... let's take the time to mention because it's going to become relevant again later in our discussion that uh famous hollywood actor mickey rooney went on record against when silent night deadly night came out about how outraged he was about what a terrible disgusting film it was and yeah. Um, the idea at least and uh um so that'll come up again later and we'll talk about i'll tell you why that's mm-hmm. interesting but yeah mickey rooney was publicly you know on talk shows and stuff talking about how terrible silent night deadly night was uh, and um yeah so i i think the controversy is what i mean probably not the first time this has happened but um and certainly not the first time it's happened but that controversy these people that set out to stop this horrible film from corrupting their children or whatever made this film into a monster right so yeah uh, it becomes time, I mean, yeah. is it is it in your opinion i mean do you think this is the most famous christmas horror film of all time like is this the one that if you say christmas horror film this is what pops into your head i know i know bob clark's um, black christmas is obviously one that pops into my head as well i uh, think christmas that one Evil, i think but i think black christmas probably a little bit more 
for people. Well, first of all, if you say a Christmas horror film to most people, they're going to give you a really strange look. But people that are in the know, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you look modern. Modern audiences are going to bring up. Something I mean, people like, are aware they exist, right? I mean, there's the, that the the slasher genre went on that whole, especially post Halloween, right? Everybody wanted a holiday right, themed right. So, slasher I mean, film. Like, nowadays, I mean, you've got like Krampus, right? That's that's a that's the holiday scary movie, which is a fun film, yeah. by the way. Um, I really enjoyed it, but. Yeah, I think Black Christmas. Christmas Evil is is a little bit more of a cult following. Uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. I wanted to just mention a few things towards the end about that one because that's one I saw a few years ago and it did creep me out, but for very different reasons. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this one, you bring it up. Well, and we'll get to it. God, we just keep talking about things we're going to get to. Um, we'll get to it when we talk <laughs> about If we keep part doing that, two, we're never going to get to them. Right. Part, when we talk about part two, <laughs> it's become... It has part two. I think has a bigger cult following right now. Yes, yeah, it's I think become, so too. It's become a meme, and and I think that's worth <laughs> bringing up and for a good reason. Yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, I mean, why don't, just for the the first movie, right? The the basic plot here is uh, after his parents are murdered, a tormented teenager goes on a murderous rampage dressed as Santa due to his stay at an orphanage where he was abused by the mother superior. That's IMDb's oh, oh, description, and that doesn't begin to scratch the surface of yeah just you're going down a chimney of what the fuck here this right is... and the, the first thing that i wrote down about this movie is like holy shit this is some dark vicious stuff like um first 15 minutes of the film is all just like i mean from the first the first thing you get is the the warning from the the senile old grandpa and the oh god um in the um, um yeah the yeah senior home and uh this is you know, a really creepy scene yeah, and it just from there gets darker and darker. Like you know, he's this this little boy, who's just you know excited to get home so he can get his stuff from Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. Watches his you know, fa- or his his mother and father brutally murdered by, um, you know Santa Claus, and and pretty graphic depiction of of rape of his mother as well in the yeah. first film. Uh, something I noticed while watching because they kept using that scene over and over again in the sequels. Uh huh. Um, every one of the sequels trimmed the rape scene down um, from the original. Uh, the original dwells on it a lot longer. Don't know. Um, it, I just yeah. found it curious that, you know, me, being that the, the kind of film that they were making, especially in, in part two and three, where it was directly linked, why they why they chose to kind of edit that a little more. But we can talk about that a little yeah. or, may, or well, not. But just, just yeah. an observation that I thought it, was interesting about the sequels. So having seen, I guess just one thing to mention about Christmas Evil, right? So mm-hmm. that that actually came out a year before this did. And a year or two before this one did. And in that one, you've got a crazy guy who becomes obsessed with, with Christmas and Santa. And he becomes traumatized as a kid because he sees Santa Claus one night one Christmas Eve, he's peeking with his mom and his brother, and they see Santa putting up, you know, the presents, and then he goes to bed, and he wakes up later, he comes down, and, yeah, Santa was actually dad in a costume, and Santa mm-hmm. and uh, mom are doing what, they're doing more than, she was doing more <laughs> than kissing Santa Claus, right? Right. That is what messes him up. So when I walk into this movie, right, when I sit down for this one, and that first thing where it's like, the the kind of psychotic grandfather verbally abusing this kid about yep. Christmas. I thought, oh, so that's what's going to turn him into the psycho. And then <laughs> comes the murder of the parents and the rape of the mother. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so 
he's going to be a major psycho. And then you get into the abuse from the Mother Superior. And I'm just oh, like, Oh, yeah. I mean, this yeah, poor like, kid just keep, they just keep laying it on this character. Like, I mean, that was my first major note is how many layers of trauma does this kid get? Yeah. In this movie. Well, and, you know, and we're, we're, we're kind of laughing and shitting about it. I do think that the one thing this movie did do that was, you know, that never was repeated in any of its sequels, but uh, I do think it it does take trauma somewhat seriously. Uh, it's not as quite a big of a joke. And I know that was kind of like one of the points that people were making against it was that they didn't, they felt that it was, you know, just kind of mean spirited to be, to be violent and nasty. And, um, but I, I don't know. I think the movie's about trauma, essentially. Yeah, it loses yeah. it. It loses its momentum in the, in the, in the third act. Um, if, if you had had a little stronger, uh, third act and not gone to the, you know, slasher film, um, you know, exploitation film point of like the third, what the third act of the movie is, if it would have been a little bit different film, um, it probably could have had a little more stronger point about, you know, trauma and the way that, especially kids in the system are treated well yeah because you've got this mother superior who i mean this i'm seriously looking back at my notes on this for the mother superior i put you know uh founder of the baby boomer generation of psychiatric treatments (laughs) i mean this kid's clearly traumatized by santa claus for a damn good reason and her way of her therapy is let's bring a santa over and force this kid to sit on his lap which is First of all, rather surprisingly secular coming from the Catholic Church, but whatever. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the um, the other nun, the the other the sister who's the one like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. She for yeah. for being the voice of reason, she does every stupid thing I can think of in the movie. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, honestly, this it it has some some creepy moments. I agree that there's definitely some. Uh, really there there's room there for some really good statements about trauma and i think they try to go there but it's it's actually this is really quite it was i thought it was quite good overall it's it's unintentionally humorous but it gives it it, it's some charm you know it's very low budget some of the acting performances are a little you know a little weak and some of the um you know, production value is kind of low at points, but I actually think it makes up for it. It's very well shot. It's not, it's yeah, not a stupid movie. Like whoever wrote this actually, you know, so they put some thought into it and though, and there, there's, you know, characters that aren't totally paper thin. Um, it's, there, there's some really amusing scenes though. I mean, yeah, even, yeah, it, and oh, I don't even sure. think it's, it's, I was going to say, and in the third act of the film, it really does turn into, what I think everybody wants it to be, and that's, you know, a Santa slasher movie, and it, it does. It, it has those, like, humorous, you know, um, Naughty. You know hanging, the, <laughs> <laughs> hanging Leanna Quigley from, you know, antlers. The antlers. And, um, like, well, I was yeah, thinking just so. some of the lines, and again, it's not even the acting, it's it's some of the script, and I'm not criticizing it. It's really great. It's one, It's one. To me, I would put this up there, and, and this is a bold statement, but I would put this up there with Evil Dead, the first one. Oh wow! Okay, I would put it up there with that. I really enjoyed this. I want to own this. It's a, it's a shame that it's so goddamn expensive. But um, <laughs> no, it's um, th- but some of the lines really are funny. Like when he's at the Christmas party and he's definitely well. First of all, the 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 guy who owns the toy store locking up the store on Christmas Eve, right, and saying it's over. It's seven o'clock. Let's get shit faced. 
I can't tell you how many times that's been said in this house since we've seen that movie. Um, and then like every night when the kids fall asleep, it's over. <laughs> um, and then when he's drunk and he's talking to the, the lead character and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm thinking about my parents. And he's like, that's good. A boy should think about his parents on Christmas. They're dead. And he just goes, Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying it's not without it's like and it's not I mean it's it if anything it's the slight criticism of the film in general is that it's a little um and and all of these movies are going to kind of get the same criticism it's like it it has it struggles with its tone a little bit because it does starts off very very dark I mean it's it's kind of like I mean that was the first like five comments I wrote were like kind of like these like holy shit where how you know how how much are they going to heap onto this poor kid and uh and then yeah, it it, li- it certainly lightens up. Characters like that give it a little bit of a comic relief, and I guess it probably needed it. Otherwise, it would have just been this, you know, yeah. dark, murky kind of. It would have been hard to get through. And I want to I want to um, mention this too because I have it in my notes, and I wanted to mention this that um, if the people that are listening to the to, to our show, right? You're you're guessing here, but you're probably closer to like our age and stuff. Like you're. You, you didn't listen to our Little Monsters episode and go, oh, I've never heard of that movie. No, that was a movie you probably <laughs> saw and really liked. One of the really cool things about this movie, if you really want a, a cool trip down memory lane, is a significant portion of the film takes place in the toy store where the main character works. Oh, yeah, I wrote this down, too. And, <laughs> oh, my God, I was having so much fun being like, holy shit, that's Castle Grayskull. Oh, they've got that strawberry shortcake thing all on the shelf. The I remember my sister so having that. cool. It was and they, they, really cool. The to camera see all that. spends some time, like going, you know, through some different toys and some cool stuff. Um, yeah, there's like great, just bring back memories of things I haven't seen since. You yeah, know, well, yeah. Probably when these were close, closer to current, I would have only been one when this movie actually was made. But um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 a great. We we paused it a couple. We actually watched this one twice, and we paused it a mm-hmm. few times during that act. A few, you know, quite a lot. Just to, oh my god, I remember that race car track you know i remember seeing it or i knew a kid who had that thing or i remember seeing it at a garage sale or whatever but um you know yeah it's it definitely you know of course right now this is pop culture right everything is new everything old is new again but yeah nostalgia is a big thing hence why we're doing this but but yeah that's it's a great one it's kind of a a little treasure for that alone so uh, that being said also i think that it uses this movie uses its um its environments or its um its setting very well especially in the toy store because after um billy starts to uh lose it that night after he's been drinking a bit and playing santa claus all evening yeah oh um, my god the the it starts to change the tone to to you know scary or to horror film by using a bunch of really creepy and really well lit camera shots of like vintagey christmas decorations and stuff mm-hmm. which i remember the reason i bring it up kind of is because i remember you telling me i don't remember if it was in, on air on the show out. or not but but that you know kind of vintagey christmas stuff is one of the things that kind of creeps you out a little it totally bit totally so, does totally does um, the that, yeah that i thought this waxy oily plastic santa st- uh can't stand <laughs> those things yeah and so i i thought of that as i'm watching this movie i thought of oh this is you know this is actually a really like creepy use of exactly what you were talking about so um yeah i don't know i I think it's generally it's a pretty well-made movie it's um it's not the it gets a lot it gets a lot of flack even from people even from people that generally enjoy horror films it's definitely one that is a 
has a lot of cult love for it. Like it's a, mm-hmm. certainly a, a a favorite cult film, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I it's a little bit. It was different from what I expected. I think I expected the whole movie to be a little more schlocky cult film, um, which we're going to get in this series well, for I, sure. I'll say this uh, one but, thing it has, I don't want to say going for it, but out of uniqueness is I can say before watching this movie, I had never seen a film that featured a scene where a priest dressed as a Santa Claus is shot and killed by a cop in front of a bunch of children, and the cop's response is essentially, ah, nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even get a slap on the wrist. It's more of a dope kind of thing. (laughs) Like, ah, shucks, guys, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to go for a walk now. Yeah, it was, uh, I was like, wow. Bucket list. I'm gonna go creep around a dark basement. And, yeah, I, that was yeah. the thing. That's one of those you cross it off the bucket list and you didn't even know it was on there. But <laughs> yeah, but and I, then, I have a note, and I don't even remember what else I was referring to. I'm sure it has something to do with that, but uh, I have a note in my notes that is just these cops are awful. I don't know exactly what I was talking about anymore because it's been so long since I watched it. But just in yeah, general. <laughs> yeah. But you see, so if this uh, movie wasn't popular enough, though, three years later, 1987. They came out with Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Uh-huh. Yes. And, um, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess... Do we want to do, we wanna do like, scores on, like, the, before we jump into the second I, I'd say Do you want to do that or just go for it? The first one, I would I would give it a, a B- just for the cult status and for... It, it's... If you want to watch a, a, a classic Christmas horror film, this and, is this is the Christmas vacation of Christmas horror movies. Yeah, no, I, I'd say it's it's right up there, and, and I I would say I, I like Black Christmas more than I like Silent Night Deadly Night, but this is definitely worth the viewing. It's it's a pretty good, you know, it's if you're not expecting anything, you know, more elevated than you know most '80s slasher films, then I, I think you'll get a a, a lot of kicks out of this it's, it's it's a good movie it's it's competently made it's not as like b movie and schlocky as like reading about it as i was led to believe it was going to be mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it works it's a good good killer santa movie and there are quite a few out there i've learned now yeah uh, since i've been reading about it but yeah it's uh it is um i, I i'd say I, I was close to you i wrote down c plus so i think yeah, yeah. i think that's a yeah, and that, that's about what it deserves in my in my book. But I definitely something I'm going to keep in my collection and pull out every, you know, every probably every year and mm-hmm. give it another look. Might be the only one in the series that I do that. Well, no, no, no. We'll we'll talk more about. <laughs> and then we get part two. Yeah. So um, yeah, go ahead and introduce uh, um, Silent Night Deadly Night Two, 1987. It, it's. Um... As David Letterman would say, my next guest needs no... The ultimate nightmare is about to begin. All over again. He was naughty. Now he wants revenge. And this time... Garbage day! He's going to get it. (laughs) Step by step... Weapon by weapon. (laughs) 
victim by victim. The terror's coming home. And he's all grown up. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I've got a present for you! Oh, wow. This one, it... First, this really does feel like it was one of those films where they just wanted to to kind of cash in or keep maybe keep the license or something. But because most of the movie, I would say maybe half of it yeah. is just scenes from the first movie that Ricky would have no memory of. No. Oh, my God. Like, my initial reaction, like, while watching this movie was like wow like when are they gonna get to this because it's fairly normal in 80s slasher movies that we get a recap right and in some of them it's a fairly lengthy recap and i i I understand that this you know kind of a part of the genre i was you know i was okay with that being there but then when all of a sudden i'm looking at like the play time of the movie and i'm like man we're like 35 minutes into this movie and i'm still getting scenes from the first movie um, like what in the hell is going on with this thing? And if it wasn't for, um, yeah, anyway, well, well, the, yeah, it's just a ridiculous amount of the movie is rehashed footage from the original. So, and oh, that yeah. is actually because, the, um, Lee Harry and his production partner, they were actually hired by another company that got their hands on, you know, a print and the rights to Silent Night, Deadly Night to re-edit the original film into a new movie. Um, don't know why or how they would have done so, but that was their the assignment they were hired for. Um, they decided that, no, they didn't want to do that. They wanted to actually add some scenes to it to make it its its own movie to be a sequel and also highlight all of the like famous scenes from the original um which makes it a kind of a really unique movie it's kind of like you remember um it was a big thing in like especially 80s and 90s television that like towards the end of a 25 episode or plus season you would get that like um episode that was just clips from other episodes of the oh, sitcom yeah. or whatever yeah. you know clip even, even and... freaking star trek next generation did a couple of those awful yeah the, the simpsons the simpsons always like... had a clip show and even rick and yeah. morty makes fun of that occasionally with their <laughs> interdimensional cable or you know stuff like that yeah you know? it's 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 almost like the clip show version of the first movie like yeah. they have a wraparound and um fortunately it is saved i should okay and i should use this loosely like this movie is a fantastic train wreck it is just like (laughs) one of the worst (laughs) actual films i've ever seen in my life but it is incredibly great at the same time it is i want to see i would pay 90s price pay-per-view to see this movie and troll 2 in a ring together yeah (laughs) duking it out i would pay money to see these two films fight it out yeah i mean this and it's basically all given down to the the talents or lack thereof of the star of the film eric freeman who (laughs) is just well let's just say he gives one of the all-time most memorable performances in cinema history (laughs) um memorable you know you can read that however you want to if you're familiar with silent night deadly night part two you know exactly what i'm talking about uh this guy 
I mean, he's got to be, and you know, I, I here's another, um, especially being that we're on a podcast that talks about cult movies quite often, another wall of shame thing is I've never seen the movie The Room, but I know I've seen a lot of scenes from it, yeah. and I, I, I get the general gist of it, but Eric Freeman has to be giving, what's his name, Tommy Wiseau, yeah. um, if that's how you say it, a run for his money for, you know, tone-deaf performance like not being able to read exactly like what's (laughs) how to read a scene or um whatever so um oh my god he's he's fantastic in a terrible terrible way but well and i've also heard heard rumor that he didn't even know that there was like a cult following behind him in this movie (laughs) that people have been trying to find him for years because he becomes so popular because of this but yeah i mean i'm looking at my notes remember this is from uh gosh december 18th um some of the lines in this movie there's and and, you know i think yeah some of the lines in this even out of context are hilarious and in context it doesn't help it's still hilarious there's one where he's something about like my old lady couldn't send me to college so i got a job (laughs) there's these like he's trying to do bad boy and psycho and it's a weird mix (laughs) Of course, this is the film that I, has the the famous the, yeah. the fame the now famous meme "Garbage Day," <laughs> which <laughs> which is a lot. It, and this has to be from a script point. Like it just doesn't make any sense. So I mean, it's not just Eric Freeman that makes this so horrific, but it's also you know, I you know, it's it. This is like a totally what they what were what the hell were they thinking type movie like the whole way through. But it's hilarious. It's it's it's. I think it's our first time on the Video Junkyard podcast that we have gotten the epitome of a so bad it's good movie. Yeah. Like, it is it is so bad that it is hilarious. And unintentionally so, I think. Like, this is not one get, of those that's... A, a guy gets killed with an umbrella. And, oh, God, yeah, I love and that. Ricky shoots... That was the only point in the movie where I, like, was thinking, like, maybe this... You know, maybe there is a little tongue-in-cheek going on here... But I don't know. I, I mean, it just can't be the way, especially not from Eric Freeman. He's playing this thing. He's he's acting his ass off, or at least you know yeah. doing his version he, of that. He, he shoots like, a car with a single <laughs> bullet and it explodes. I mean that that kind of thing. Even in the eighties, like you at least had to use like a machine gun to blow up a car. <laughs> right. Not like nine millimeter. Boom. Once you know, like he hits the door and it blows up. The whole car is made of C four. Um, you know, and so he's like shooting everybody when he gets out and he's, he's yelling garbage day at people taking their garbage out and shooting them for, through a garbage can, everything for some reason. And then he puts the gun to his head and all of a sudden the cops are all like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't, you got so much to live for. <laughs> and I'm also looking at my notes and I see who the fuck is this guy? I don't, I don't know who I was talking about, but Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's yeah, actually and, in the last fifteen minutes of the movie does it actually tie into Christmas, right? Yep, and that's going to be kind of the thing ongoing in this series is like it has little to nothing to do with Christmas besides the fact that he's the brother of the Santa Claus killer, and then when he really loses it at the end, decides to put on the Santa suit, and you know, I I, I assume after, it was Christmas. I don't remember them pointing that out. I just assume it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Go after but, the mother superior. Yeah. So who, here, here's who had a stroke, but for some reason has scars all over her right. body. Right. So too, th- these are. It's which... almost reads like a haiku or something. But 
Here's the last few lines of my notes here. What does this movie have to do with Christmas? Oh, here we go. Last 15 minutes. What the fuck is on Mother Superior's face? She lives at 666? Really? I suppose it does have a nun decapitation scene. It does. <laughs> this movie is... Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I would recommend this one to like anyone who wants a good example of like, well, what do you mean by when you say... A movie is so bad it's good or you know um unintentionally bad movie um or unintentionally great movie but this um uh, yeah i don't know I, I feel like i discovered a gem here with this one like this is what I, I, I will say, use for you know showing people it's, it's a great party move party yeah i was type gonna movie say for the, if, you, if you host a christmas party and you put this on and people are like yeah you got there's good, gonna be like you got good one friends. or two of you that are like oh this is great and everyone else is gonna be like what the hell is wrong with you guys yeah <laughs> this is a litmus test this is up there with like killer workout and yeah a handful of others yeah. where they're yeah this one i mean i actually wrote down that like this is this is plan nine from outer space type material here like yeah we're, we're talking best bad movie material top 10 and i'm sure it is i'm sure it's on most of those lists i know it's a very popular cult movie and not because it's of its artistic merits for sure <laughs> it's yeah it's wow i mean eric freeman supposedly like you said was unaware that he'd become kind of a cult phenomenon and actually has instead of embracing it i think has become embarrassed by it and chose not to be involved with the, like the commentary on the blu-ray and uh he was invited and declined which is which is unfortunate because yeah. i think uh um people are legitimately big fans of this character uh just because it's his kind of batshit performance so yeah um it's it is nuts yeah. i don't know i mean like i said you you have the the two pack right that's got the I first do, one yeah. and this one i yeah i'm the the christmas survival double feet double feature or something like that but I, i'm gonna have yeah. to find but it was one. the original anchor bay release of the two films and i think they've done single discs since then and now shout factory has done blu-rays of both um okay well i'm but, gonna have to yeah. i'm definitely gonna have to uh to and it and it may it. be that if you really enjoy these two films that it might be worth your money to do the shout factory blu-rays because it got a lot of extra stuff and um nice but i kind of wish in hindsight i would have spent a little bit more because these were not cheap to get the regular the dvds and um if i would have just spent a little bit more money i probably could have gotten those blu-rays because those are in print right now the the double pack is out of print so you have to go to like okay. ebay or something to get your hands on it but anyway but then we I get that, to part i think three, part two right? is a solid c for me but like i don't know it's probably going to be the one i revisit the most out of all of these to be honest with you <laughs> like, uh, yeah i mean if uh... if half the movie hadn't been repeat of the original movie this would have been like a favorite bad movie of mine like all time but since you got to wade through half of it especially if you're watching it like we did um that that hurt the enjoyment for me i think maybe later on if i just put this on i can i can get past that but mm -hmm. yeah i i would give it oh i'll give it like a c minus just i mean because it's a terrible film i mean i'm not gonna mm -hmm. i'm not gonna well no, it's poetic, awful, but I, it. I enjoyed it's it a awful, lot, but so I, yeah like... i enjoyed it because it is so bad um yep this had me laughing more than i don't i don't even remember a comedy film i've seen recently that i was i was rolling as hard as watching this movie so yeah yeah this yeah. one's good 
It's it's <laughs> rare that I have to, you know, that I stop a movie, pause it, rewind it, and watch a scene again to laugh again. And this was one of them. Um, so yeah, I, I would give it like a give it a C minus. And and I honestly, the, going from this point forward, part three, which came out in 1989, Silent Hill, I think you better watch out. The Yuletide Terror Returns. His brain was surgically reconstructed. You don't mind my saying I'd have pulled his plug. Even his life was a value. With the saga that shocked a nation. Robert Culp, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, Better Watch Out. does continue the Ricky Caldwell storyline in a way. Um, yeah, and it's, this is the end of that. Maybe a bit of series. in name only, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a. What did you think of this one? I cannot think of a movie that I have hated more than this that I've watched in a long time. To tell you the truth, I could. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to good to say about it at all. I feel like it was. Uh, oh, like many of the others that are going to follow this. I think this was obviously something that was written not as a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie, but as a slasher, you know, with a brain helmet movie. Yeah. And they just kind of pigeonholed all the other crap into it, the Christmas and the um, and Ricky. And um, I don't know, other than the fact that I think that the lead actress, Samantha Scully, was... Um, I'm surprised I didn't see her in more stuff because like, she's, um, as, you know, real, really classy people have put it not too hard on the eyes, but... Um, also Bill Mosley. I, lo- I love to see Bill Mosley and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't even know he was in this when we started doing this. Um, which, and that's awesome, but the, the character's not great. He doesn't get much to do with it. Um, he's kind of a zombie in a lot of ways. So unfortunately, although I love him getting, you know, another movie that for him to get some screen time, he's, he, he I do find it kind of funny that he followed, um, you know, doing Chop Top and Texas Chainsaw 2 with this, which is another character with, part of his head missing yeah but um, yeah he's getting a little typecast for that (laughs) yeah i um no i really hated this movie i didn't like it at all i wonder like do you remember off the top of your head i think it was 87 88 when did nightmare elms on elm street 3 the dream warriors come out because i feel like after the dream warriors was so popular uh every one of the slasher genres tried to do the psychic thing um friday the 13th did part seven with the psychic girl um and so i mean i feel like this was kind of yeah like 87 yeah you're right like a lot of those yeah i was i was thinking to actually have that in my notes too that like this one's trying to do the friday the 13th thing around this time where you know everything was you know there had to be the psychic element to it yeah, so I mean, it's that, and it felt like that was a bit of a like rehash from other superior slasher movies. I mean, I think the character just didn't translate either. Not only does it not seem like Ricky um, at all, it also the character's just not not intimidating, yeah, not frightening, yeah. not interesting. Like it's just this guy in this really terrible looking brain helmet, you know. Yeah, chasing it, people it, around with an axe. I don't know. It just it's... yeah, this it was. It the character could have been anybody. Just saying, oh, this is Ricky. Was like, yeah, whatever. It's not, but whatever. It it didn't. Yeah, there was. The the best thing about this movie is that Robert Culp was in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, from yeah, I Spy. <laughs> yep. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, overall, this one and Bill Mosley, you know, as like as like you said, like Frank and Ricky, you know, mm. it's it it. I was really bored with it. This one was the first see, one that I was the first towards a series of decline where I was just really bored with this uh, with this film. Uh, yeah, that blind psychic girl subplot is so blah. It, it it's actually really hard to follow. I actually thought. Yep. I think it's not well put together. It's not well written. Um, I honestly think there's some, I mean, from a tech side of things like this looks, this looks even low budget, more low budgety than even part two did. If you don't consider that the acting is much better in, in three than in two, but um, yeah. there's like literally like point points during their, um, there's a long scene when the cop and uh, no, it's the doctor. Sorry. The doctor and the cop right up into the, uh, out into the country to that old house and it seems to go on forever they're in the car half the damn movie right yeah and the photography in the car is so bad like it looks like it could you know be the modern day equivalent of bad cell phone video like it's just bouncing around the exposure is terrible um i mean i'm sure that's just low budget i have to shoot in a car but i mean people have pulled that off before without it just looking like garbage the way it didn't yeah movie. yeah this this um, one this one really didn't you know the second movie you could tell they were trying to do something and it, at least the second one, you can laugh at it, you know, yeah, it, in in a loving way. Well, and this one's so, so deadly serious, and and see this, this is not as bad of a movie as part two, but that actually makes it worse. See, this is like yeah. this is what I'm talking about—the difference between like a good bad movie and just a bad movie—and that's the this the this creates the like this is the worst sin in filmmaking is that it's not memorable for any reason. It's totally dull and totally not memorable. Um, part two has the distinction of being incredibly memorable because it's so bad, <laughs> but uh, at least it's memorable and it's funny and it has all those things. You know, yeah. a reason you would want to rewatch it. This one it takes has itself way too seriously going for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this one takes itself way too seriously, um, and and it so as a result, its flaws just are amplified. The second one, and even the first one, right? It's their flaws add a charm to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. can tell there's some some tongue in cheek. Even in the first one, there's just some ridiculousness that there's no way they could have been taking that seriously. The second one, even more so. This one, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure somebody involved in the film could say, "No, we were we were aware of how silly this was." Yeah, but the tone didn't feel like it. Yeah, no. The movie is not. It takes it. it it's set like a serious. It, it, and you may say this is a little oxymoronic, yeah. but a serious slasher film. But it, it it's attempting to take itself seriously, and even from its ba- basic premise, um, the fact that they're you know brain melding a blind girl with a you know psychotic who's had a brain reconstructive surgery on his brain. Um, I don't know. It just like if you. If you had a little sense of humor to that, or you you know this, there was a little bit of a mad sciencey element that, but no, it, it plays it all straight faced, and it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just dull, and it's not it's not good, and I'll probably never watch it again, unfortunately. Um, and which was unfortunate because you know you've got the first movie, which which is a classic, it's it's a classic, yeah, I think, absolutely. You know? and then the second one for different reasons, and then this was like here's the third one to round out the trilogy, and it's just a train wreck. I mean, yeah, yep. I mean, the first one is, but this one's a sad train wreck. Um, yeah, and because then with our with this... our next two sequels, right, part four and part five, they they have nothing to do with the 
Uh, yeah, the Cald- Caldwell family. The dynasty. Caldwell Chapman family <laughs> thing. No, there. These mm-hmm. these are standalone things. So it's very similar to what, and we mentioned Hellraiser at the top of the episode, but very similar to what they did there. You know, the first three sequels of Hellraiser kind of do follow a similarity. Like there's a a, a sequence you can follow one, two, and three, and then the rest of them are just kind of side stories in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I feel like we've uh, talked enough about three. We gave it a little too much breath, or more than it's worth. So I gave that one an F. I'm yeah, me done too. With, done with three. <laughs> I really hated it. I'm usually yeah. not so hard on movies that I could find something good, but that one just no, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you get part four. What? 1990. You get part four. The initiation. It's the night you've been waiting for. Kill the man. Become a whole woman. You've been screaming for. It's the final step. Silent Night, Deadly Night, for Emaciation. You're one of us now. Join the club. And, I don't know, the first thing I got here is Clint Howard and a woman on fire falling off a building within the first (laughs) minute. Holy fuck, Brian Yuzna. Yep. So, Brian Yuzna, if you guys recognize the name, it's because he is a producer better known for his work with director Stuart Gordon, um, most famously for Reanimator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but also, I think he worked with, with Stuart Gordon on a number of his Lovecraft films. Mm-hmm. and From Beyond, uh, yeah. Yep, From Beyond, uh, Dagon as well, I believe. So, mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, so this is him in the director's chair, and I've never seen the sequels to Reanimator. I know they're not as well-loved as the original, but Brian Yuzna did helm those as well. This might be the first Brian Yuzna-directed film that I've actually seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got a memorable opening, that's for sure. I didn't mean to cut you off in the middle. No, no, the <laughs> opening credits here are pretty... This is a strange movie, though. I mean, so the opening credits start you out with some really weird stuff. you got a, a creepy opening scene there. Um this and actually this was released in the UK as the film Bugs. Mm-hmm. So yep. it really isn't a Silent Night Deadly Night movie in name only. But um, to give you just a kind of a, a basic description here, uh, again this is like what, what you see on something like IMDb: A reporter investigating the bizarre death of a woman who leaped from a building in flames finds herself mixed up in a cult of witches who are making her part of their sacrificial ceremony during the Christmas season. Yeah, this is <laughs> barely a Christmas movie because it takes place in like yeah. LA. Um, this one and all of the Silent Night Deadly Night movies I got annoyed with for being California movies. <laughs> no, no yeah. offense to anyone, you know, but like yeah, there's no snow. There's nothing Christmassy about even the first one, which is by far the most "quote unquote" Christmassy movie, even if it's like very like hateful towards Christmas. Um, none of these movies have a whole lot to do with Christmas, and they don't invoke the imagery of Christmas a whole lot outside of the maybe the first one. Yeah. Um, that being said, this is not a uninteresting movie. Like this is actually a pretty decent watch, I think. Um, yeah, I mean it's got its, it's it's got its merit. It's the really cool effects by Screaming Mad George. Yeah, the um, special effects are pretty pretty top notch and very kind of Cronenbergish in a way. Yeah, it, and it's got a good it's got a fairly good cast, at least the supporting cast. I was a little disappointed by the leads, the couple of lead actors being weaker than their supporting cast, but yeah, um, 
the the I mean low budget filmmaking obviously that's that's just kind of what you get you get the st- the celebrity names to fill in the gaps in the background or whatever but um what is her what's her name Maud Adams that plays the the lead um which is a former Bond girl and uh, um she's she's very good in this movie I found I found that her her performance like her kind of the way she draws the young reporter in and her kind of like sensuality and into the the coven and everything as she was very convincing and almost a kind of sexy in an older woman sort of way i shouldn't uh get into that too far but um hmm. yeah no, no i know she's uh I, it's yeah I, I it's a good performance mean. i think it she's is. she's very interesting in the movie and I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. It's it's it's, it's the early '90s, right? It's 1990 when this came out, and it's yeah. it's a very female centric story, and I feel like it actually takes that seriously. It's not all about like let's hate, let's you know get, let's get to this witchcraft coven thing so we can have like some big you know, orgiastic, <laughs> um, right, sexual. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the male characters in here. Are... Including an yeah. appearance as a, as a real asshole in this movie, but by the wonderful Reggie Bannister, Reggie, yeah. who I've not seen in too many other movies besides Phantasm. Yeah, but, so yeah, it's like maybe so. their forgotten franchise thing is just going to be Reggie Bannister movies. Yeah, um, I guess know, so. With ties to that, but yeah, Reggie I mean, being a creep to women again. I mean, just man. Yeah, yeah but this time it's but, not intended to be charming. Right. Um, you know, there, I had a couple things here. Like the, there's a, a, a the the wrestling nude sex scene went on a little longer than necessary. Like, like I can understand. Oh, it's 1990. Yeah, that was a thing back then. And now it's like, mm. wow, this is still going on. Um, it, yeah, it, it, you I, know, I actually thought that this movie had a lot of opportunities to be very exploitation esque or very expletive with its sex, and it actually didn't do as much as i thought it you know like like you could have you could have taken the script and really really sexed it up i think especially with the the definite sexual tension between you know your lead female characters in it mm-hmm. i'm thinking in you know in in the wrong hands in 1990 that becomes you know a softcore late night cinemax movie instead of you know what we got which is right. fairly i think well received straight to video horror film <laughs> like I, I know that's kind of Again, oxymoronic statement, but I think um, this is one that actually holds some good reviews. Like, it, it's not a, a universally hated film. The thing that gets me about it is it. What the hell is it doing in this series? Yeah. Like, it's not Christmassy. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do at all with the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. Brian Usna or Richard Glasdy. I don't know who. I don't know who actually like named the character, but decided to confusingly name Clint Howard's character in it Ricky. Which is like okay, you got this now. You got this character that has the name of our the main character from the last two films, so I'm I'm a little confused about that. Yeah, but... this one I, I and I couldn't find a lot on its, um, I I couldn't find too much on it about its production early stage. Like, how was this one? Was this one of those where somebody had a movie and they're like, yeah, well, we will only fund it if you throw Silent Night Deadly Night on the front of it. Especially because it was the... released in the UK as something else. Yeah, I assume it's a distribution thing. Like they said, yeah. well, we can get this into every video store. You know, every video store in the US will get a copy of this as long as you make it a Silent Night Deadly Night movie. And yeah. so that's what they that's yeah. what they did. Throw um, a couple Christmas decorations up in the background, and you got yourself a deal. Um, yeah, yeah. This one, I mean, the the effects, but it's save it's it a got a bit. lot of atmosphere to it. It's got an almost. Um, 
and by the way i can i can say this because i started watching i'm almost finished with but i've actually seen suspiria now but it's uh um, oh, yeah. got <laughs> it's got like kind of a, a a similar kind of building creepy tension with the the covet i'm sure that's what brian usna was going for i'm sure that was his inspiration um and, and just some of the tones of the film kind of echo some of those things but i don't know i, th- I think this was it, it brought me back like after three i was I, not that i would have quit because we have to do this show right but i was i was not feeling good about it at that point like I, i'm like oh man Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is going to be our high watermark, and for, like, this ridiculous reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really dreading going back into these. And this one brought me back into it. Like, I went, okay, well, this is cool. I liked when they did this with the Hellraiser series, even though I didn't love every one of them. I liked this, like, it's not connected to, you know, Ricky and all this, you know, Caldwell stuff. It's They're just going to do a Christmas story, in, you know, in an anthology type movie series i i I like that idea let's let's you know see what we get out of it and um yeah i don't know i like i think that also you mentioned the special effects special effects in this movie were great yeah that was really gross really very gross but at the same time i don't i this one i had a hard time getting into um i think maybe three bird did burn me out and by four i was like okay this is i think if i were to have watched like i don't know maybe a, a British copy of this that I had no idea that they ever tried shoehorning this into <laughs> Silent Night Deadly Night. I maybe would have been like, "Oh, this is actually kind of an interesting film," but it 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 made bug eating boring to me, and that was kind of surprising. <laughs> um, wow. But so I mean, I don't know. As far as a grade for this one, personally, I think I give it probably a D. Like hmm. I, I actually had a hard time getting through it. Um, so it wasn't as bad. It was a much more competently made film. I think, um, I don't know, maybe I need to watch it again just on its own and forget the word Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, or not watch it right after you watch 3. Yeah, <laughs> which I did. Yeah. I watched it immediately after 3 and was like, oh, yeah, God, how too. much more. I, I was starting to feel like the trauma piling on me like Billy at the beginning of the first movie, <laughs> just over and over again. Yeah, but, so the Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one was good training for, you know, yeah, watching yeah. The rest of these. I think that's that's the, um, the joy of watching the entire series in one major yeah. sitting. So this is a fairly rare thing on Video Junkyard Podcast, and that is that I I, I disagree with you. I gave this one a C plus, and I think it was really enjoyable. Huh. Kind of brought me back to it. Um, very different. It I'm not. I still don't think it belongs in this series in any way. Yeah, and it's not Christmassy not, yeah. enough to be in a Christmas anthology, but I liked the movie so. Um, yeah, yeah, I think is what it is. I, yeah, I think just the it was the pacing for me. I think it was uh, yeah. it was a, it was a pacing issue, and like I said, I I would be willing. I'll give it a D with a willing to watch it again and see if my opinion changes. Cool. I'll set myself into a different tone, but but yeah, because honestly, I I will say this: the 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 fifth movie, the next one, I started watching and had the same feeling about, and then. I gave it a few days because I think you know Christmas and stuff were going on, and I watched mm-hmm. it again, and yeah. had a better feeling about it. Not a great better feeling, but a better feeling. Yeah. So maybe um, maybe there's hope for four for me. Yeah, I, I like I said, it, it's probably not something I'm going to watch every year, um, but I enjoyed it. it. It's not Christmassy enough to watch every Christmas, you know. It's not that yeah. kind of thing, so. Um, so yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5, which is one year later. So I think the idea they're going with 
here is that they're going to do an anthology Christmas themed horror film every year, kind yep. of like the we talked about it on the season of the witch on our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Halloween three, that was kind of the idea was do a holiday themed anthology film every year, and they're 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 doing that um, with these. So Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Five, The Toy Maker in nineteen ninety one. So one, exactly one year later, directed by Martin Kitrosser and uh, written by Brian Yosna again. So welcome to the shop of Joe Petto. Here, you'll find the most amazing gadgets on Earth. Each toy is unique. What a terrible accident. Sarah, you think this is an accident? Look. Each specially designed by the craftsman himself. Buck, where did all these toys come from? Sarah, what do you know about that old guy from the toy store? But what if I told you he was arrested for maiming some kids several years ago? Yeah, who, who stars in part five? Um, oh yeah, right. So interestingly enough, if you look at the cast list of Part Five, you'll see some names you might not recognize, like William Thorne, Jane Higginson. But then, oh, who's this? Yeah, uh, Hollywood legend Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney stars in Silent Night, Deadly Night Five: The Toy Maker. Merry Christmas! Didn't he so, condemn the first film? <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, so Jimmy Jellickers, he's got to work. <laughs> I have, I actually tried to find this story. Like I, 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 I can't find anywhere that documents exactly how Mickey Rooney got involved in this, especially after all the like piss and vinegar he had against the first film. Um, yeah, I don't know, but, uh, obviously he's eating crow here <laughs> and he's showing up playing Joe Petto, the toy maker yeah, in oh God. Silent Night, Deadly yeah. Night Part 5. Yeah, the sum- summary of this one is an elderly toy maker and his son make killer toys designed to kill their customers' children. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, yeah, and it's Mickey it, Rooney and his name is Joe Petto. Yeah. And, I was like, and his son okay, acts so... kind of goofy and I'm like, oh, good grief. Yeah, so that's what ruined this whole movie for me, is from the first time these characters hit the screen, I went, oh, okay, that's what's going on here. And it never threw me a curveball. It was exactly what was going on. Uh, not that it wasn't, you know, a little bit clever or whatever. And I actually, I, I thought some of the ending, the scene in the end of the movie was, was kind of wonderfully hammy. Um, mm-hmm. But the movie itself just kind of bored me to tears because literally from the first time they're on screen, I you know, I figured out exactly what was going on. And I think anybody with half a brain is going to figure out, you know, who Joe Petto and his son Pino. Yeah. Like, who acts right. kind of strange and walks kind of funny. And it's like, okay, well, what do you think's going on here? The toy maker has us, um, you know, yeah. and the names. And it's just, it's more than a red herring. They literally just tell you, and then they still expect you to be surprised by it when they reveal it at the end and yeah, that just that it's all that it's all like a modern cinderella right yeah what it what this movie did <laughs> do right is it's very christmasy it's very christmas centric yeah. like it's all around the holiday it's about toys it's about you know the christmas time unfortunately it was still shot in la so nothing looks christmasy but um at least they brought that kind of element back into it i appreciate the effort the script's not terrible the acting's not terrible but it's forgettable except for maybe the wacky robot at the end of the movie but there's a few kind of cool scenes with the toys attacking people yeah that are that are you know somewhat somewhat i'd say the first one they also did something that 
is oh, I was going to say, they also did something I don't recall ever seeing in a film, to my knowledge. I'm sure you're probably, people are probably going to come up with 10 examples right off the top of their head. But I did notice, interestingly enough, they montaged two sex scenes, separate sex scenes together, and kept cutting back and forth between them. Never seen that done before. It was a really weird decision. It was a anyway. very strange decision. I mean, that's up there with with the use of. It's like, hang on, wait a second. Whose nipple is that? What? Which butt yeah, cheek is? I'm not was, sure what's this, going on this here. This like, was I don't... one of the most awkward sex scenes in a movie I've seen since Watchmen, <laughs> yeah. when Zack Snyder used uh, Leonard Cohen. But yep. just weird. Like, what am I supposed to feel watching this? And yeah, this was a really strange one. Um, also, something I have in my notes here that's just that kind of amused me is at the end of part four, there's a scene where you know there's like a home invasion and the parents get killed or something, and the, mm-hmm. b- before that all happens, the dad yells at the son for answering the door. And yeah. in this one, the movie opens with a dad yelling at his son for answering the door. I'm like, does Brian doesn't have a thing about kids answering <laughs> doors? Because it's just like. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's a safety thing. I get that, but it's like, wow, <laughs> really? That that pops up more than once. And yeah, also, again, this yeah, movie also does have a, a great scene with a drunk, Mickey, drunk, angry Mickey Rooney, which could yeah. which could just be Mickey Rooney. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, it, it in his that life going is for it. But yeah, it, it uh, was, uh, you know, and it did the thing, and I'm sure this is just Brian Usner writing his characters back in and being clever. But, um, what's her name? Um, Nath, um, Nath Hunter, and Clint Howard make appearances in this film, playing characters with the same names as their characters in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Four. But don't seem to be the same characters again. So it's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm sure he's just having fun with us. But like, for the like five people out there that are paying attention, right? Us, you know, this generation of people obsessed with our continuity, like we were talking about. But um, yeah, they're Ricky and Kim, which is their the names of the characters. And and Kim actually has some lines where you start thinking like maybe she is the same character because she talks about all the stuff she went through in her younger days. You know, at Christmas time, it's like oh. Maybe she's the same character, but then she does all this stuff that doesn't seem at all like the same character. But right, right. Anyway, and then Ricky, yeah, Ricky's whatever. But yeah, <laughs> like, I just, totally... I just don't get the motivation behind doing that. Like it, it's a reference to something that's not a reference. Like it's just using the same name, and it's maybe it's just to annoy people like me that care about things like continuity. But anyway, um, yeah, that's. Really, all I got on that one—it's that's. I agree with you. Some of the toy stuff was cool. I thought the rocket skates thing was terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was <laughs> other, bad. Than, other than that, like the 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 like robotic toys killing people. There's there's some couple cool moments with that, but um, there's especially the awkward point where the uh, oh man, the uh, robotic hand starts uh, feeling up on the guy's butt and the yeah um, yeah anyway. <laughs> That was, I mean, I know it was supposed to be funny, but at, the, at that point it was like, yeah, not only are you like intercutting two, two sex scenes, but there's also like robotic murderous toys cut into here somewhere. And then now this, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. It, it's anal, this is anal one... stimulation on top of all of it made it probably the most awkward scene in, well, maybe any of these films and there's some awkward scenes. So, oh yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> this one, I don't know if you had to give part five a grade, what would you give it? I, yeah, I would say a D. Yeah, 
I, I applaud its effort, so it didn't get an me F too. from me, but, um, I mean, I felt like its heart was in the right place. It was trying to be a little more Christmassy about something that it just... Mainly, my biggest thing was them just, like, broadcasting their surprise ending way too early. Like, yeah, I don't know how they could have done it differently. I really don't, but it just... It, it felt like me. a it felt like a '90s Goosebumps episode after dark. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it it had that same kind of storytelling pacing and vibe that that like a, a an after school spooky story anthology like Goosebumps or something has or had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the same are you afraid time, of the dark or Goosebumps are you afraid or of something? The dark, like yeah, or you know, eerie Indiana or something. But right. at the same, but just a little bit, you know with with uh tandem sex scenes and robotic hands groping dudes butts and stuff like that it was, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know you know the stuff you saw on fox after school in the 90s you know but right i mean it was the 90s you'd get away with a few more things you back could, then but you could no. i mean yeah it, yeah it was rated r so you know yeah but so and just as just to mention or um sorry i didn't let you no no give your, I, I i gave it the score. same i give it a d i think it's i applaud it a little bit for its effort but trying to keep things going but yeah it it wasn't well done it wasn't very good (laughs) yeah i agree and i liked part four a lot more than i liked five out of the two anthology style films um at this point in the conversation i will mention and i'm not going to watch it i have no interest in watching it because i saw about two minutes of it and i'm just not going to go back but there is a silent night deadly night part six uh, supposedly officially recognized it was a fan-made film um that continues the caldwell story hmm. um i literally got about two minutes into this and it's it's like i made this with my buddies with a camcorder fan film like it's not like we say fan film nowadays and like there's some really damn good fan films yeah, out there, there right like we've seen some yeah, good ones um just that are professional and just like awesome to the to the T like sometimes better than their, you know, professional <laughs> peers. But, uh, no, this was really just some guys that got together and decided they're going to continue the silent night, deadly night series. Um, they got permission from whoever owns it to use footage from the original film, um, to tie it in. And, uh, it's on YouTube. If anybody wants to brave it, uh, I might someday just out of curiosity, but I, I couldn't after these five movies, yeah. I like, yeah, and then just like everything that was going on in my personal life at the time, like that, I, I came and finished these up, and I'm like, I am not going, I'm not watching this right now. Like, there's no yeah, way I, I'm doing I, it. I was like, it's not, it's not quote unquote official, so I'm no, I'm not doing it. This one, this series, I will say, was definitely a chore to get through. Yeah, from from it got me thinking onward. that maybe in the future we want to do these in a couple parts, like three movie parts or something. Like, <laughs> Give yeah, not do a the. Break yeah yeah no, well no, i mean man. for some of these types of franchises you'd have to this one seemed relatively like oh yeah it's just you know it's like just like when we did phantasm same pretty much same number yeah. of movies but yeah this one was definitely more of a chore to get through overall if you could give the entire franchise a grade just the we, first five you mean and not, we, not including them yeah, yeah just before, before we, go. we go into the remake um oh man as a franchise i mean I'll be really, really nice to it and say I will give it a C. Yeah, I was gonna say C minus. Yeah, but I feel like I, I'm just kind of giving it a 
I do like what they did with it and, and turned it into the anthology. Like, the style of that. Like, I wouldn't mind it if they would have continued that. I don't know if I would have watched it, like, in sequence. Like, sat down and watched a bunch of them. But, like, over time, I would have enjoyed to see more yeah. Christmas-themed horror films in the anthology come along. Um, that is obviously something that could be picked up at any point. Who knows? We could get more of these someday. Um, probably not because the property has gone on to... I heard they're making a sequel to the remake of this movie, which I was surprised because it wasn't that successful. But anyway. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. I'm sure some someone's out there is making straight-to-video Christmas horror films anyway. So you can just pretend it's the next Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. Um, and it really wouldn't be that much different because they're not related in any way in the later part of the series. So, mm-hmm. um, The good thing about this series is that I discovered Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is... Like I yeah. said earlier, going to be one of is definitely one of my favorite bad movies I've ever seen. So oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, and I guess I, let's let's mention you know and talk a little bit about Silent Night, which is the 2012 film directed by yep. Stephen Miller that stars Jamie King, Malcolm McDowell, Donald Logue, uh, Brendan Fair, and Ellen Wong. I heard this story. This fella dressed as Santa. He said about killing them that was naughty. Creep. Every year, a new town. Everyone knows that story. It's an urban legend. It ain't. Christmas. The number one holiday for people going nuts. Listen, we've got a lead on our killer from the motel. He's wearing a Santa suit and a mask. Hiding in plain sight. Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. What the hell are some of those people doing in this movie, by the way? I don't Malcolm know. McDowell and Donald Logue are both really talented actors. Yeah, they really yeah. are. And this is, it's a very, very loose remake, supposedly, of the original 84 film. And technically it, it is the sixth installment in the franchise, but it's... In name only, though, right? Like, it just it's really just a killer Santa movie where they kind of pirated a couple scenes from the original and that's i did hear someone say garbage day in it yes yeah uh, there's there's references all over the place there's the garbage day i mean he hangs someone up on antlers um, yeah it um the grandpa scene is in there um other than that, though, I mean, it's really not a remake of the original no. film. It, it it's not about the same things. It's not about the you know, it at the end they try to kind of pull it all back to that place, but it's really not about you know childhood trauma the way the original one is. Um, I guess it kind of is once you do the like reveal at the end that oh it's this kid you know it's this guy's son who saw his you know dad burn his mom alive, but. Um, Nah, I don't know. Yeah, this, <laughs> anyway, this yeah, is just... one of those like whodunit mystery kind of movies, but there is no way you could have figured it out. No, it's just it's and it's just like pigeonholed in at the end, like oh, <laughs> you guys want to know the backstory of that creepy Santa guy? Oh, here you go. Like it's there's yeah, there's nothing narratively like linked to his history whatsoever. How anybody could have found that out in within the confines of the narrative or how? Yeah, like I don't know. It just. Well, I'll be honest, this is a it's... movie I fell asleep to, like, three times, and it took me two days to watch it. I kept falling asleep yeah. to it. It was just not... It I watched engaging. it in one go, but, 
yeah, I didn't find it very engaging either. And and honestly, there's a lot of talented people in it, and some of the gore effects are 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 good. Um, there's some scenes that are great. I was cracking up. Like, okay, here's my main thing: why I didn't like this movie, um, or like it much. Not as bad as part three, but um, it's total lack of understanding of what the tone of the movie is supposed to, was going to right. be. Like it was like rob zombie gritty at points and then it was like trying to be really serious like family trauma like drama-esque stuff in the background and then obviously it's it's a slasher movie um and then it's uh, like there's like three or four points in the movie where all of a sudden it becomes funny like the wood chipper scene which is fantastic um like it's just such an over-the-top like cliche slasher including you know topless girl running from said killer through you know all these obstacles and falling down and just total cliche of slasher film but so over the top that it's 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 humorous and then he you know continues to put her into a wood chipper in a christmas tree lot yeah um really a hilarious scene uh, i know sounds hilarious right putting people into wood chippers but um well it's it's just, it, the way but it's like done then is all of really a sudden strange. it goes back yeah and then it all of a sudden it goes back to being all deadly serious gritty like horror it's like okay you can't do a scene like that and then go back to your like serious like i'm i don't know just there's no no understanding of what exactly the t- like it wants this movie to be is it supposed to be like fun over the top gory kind of um and, and those were the moments i liked in the movie when it was kind of just like over the top nutty um lots of gore lots of fire lots of um you know creepy santa guy um that that stuff worked for me it was the other stuff that i think was weak i thought malcolm mcdowell was hilarious in this movie but i felt like with his weird accent that he never really could get down. Yeah, his his weird accent. He he's like that in some other stuff too, like the the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. But, yeah. Um, well, he... Jamie King in this one too. It's like she's just not believable in her role. Yeah. At all. I don't know. I can't put my finger on what like what bothered me so much about it. And like I, Malcolm McDowell's hilarious. His his lines are just so he's so obviously a character that from the page maybe this is this is the product of like a screenwriter that wasn't involved in like making the movie and the director and producer that actually ended up making it just didn't understand the script or whatever i don't know yeah but he he was obviously scripted to be a really humorous character and i think that's the way malcolm mcdowell played it his lines are just ridiculous like the way he's like his bravado and like all of his but he the rest of the people don't react to him. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. It's so uneven and so, it just keep, doesn't seem to be able to get down like what it was. And I actually was convinced that once it got going, I was really gonna like it. Like I said, there were some scenes like the, the the, the porn chip. shoot scene followed by the wood chipper scene and like just just kind of ridiculous over the top slasher gory stuff. And I I thought it was really funny and really, I'm like okay, I can dig this. This is good. But then it kind of like fell back down into that like halloween-esque we're searching all over the small town for the killer um Mm -hmm. stuff that just didn't work at all for me so i don't know yeah if you had to give it a grade what do you think um that one's 
I wrote down C minus. I think I'm hating on it even more now as I digest it, but I'll stick with that. It's a C minus. It's definitely got some stuff worth seeing. Its production value is good um, compared to like pretty much all of the rest of these movies. Um, but it it's got it's disjointedness, its lack of like consistent tone, etc. Like we've talked about. Um, yeah, not a good movie. Um, not not the worst movie either. But um, yeah. I well, I I I give it a give it a C minus. I give it a D actually. I I found it really forgettable. It's not even really much of a. I don't know. It 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 felt like they really were trying to make a movie about a murder. You know, a murderous Santa and call it Silent Night, reference Silent Night, Deadly Night. But it didn't have anything really unique about it. It, uh, yeah. Like I said, I had a hard time staying awake for it. I had a hard time <laughs> really watching it, and it, it. I don't know. This is and and I think interesting too. You know, th- this is a thing they've remade Black Christmas. They've remade Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They've remade Nightmare on Elm Street. They remake Friday Thirteenth and Halloween. They always do these remakes and stuff, and some of them really pick up, and some of them. <laughs> Not you know, any of the ones you mentioned, but yeah. No, but some of them do, and even <laughs> yeah. even though, well, I'd say Chainsaw Massacre did, it did. Yeah, I guess people I didn't liked like that it. One. I didn't like yeah. it, but it did pick up. It you know they did a whole series. Yep, you're right, right there. Did. But in this case, I mean, I was reading, you know, it it was shown on eleven theaters in the U.S. and it, it grossed fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, this thing tanked. You know, and, and and like I said, I mentioned earlier there was supposedly a sequel coming for this. I don't know if that's a real deal or if they just you know have that like we want to make a sequel, but um, you know like IMDb and such will leave something in in right. production for years and then be like, oh yeah, they're not doing that. But because um, they certainly left it open for a sequel, he's a you know a roving mad Santa that goes from small town to small town. But I don't know. I don't know. After, especially after sitting through all the rest of the movies, like it just didn't win me over whatsoever. It was not a good movie, and I don't want to see a you know more of those because I they will probably be direct sequels with the crazy Santa, and I'd rather go back to seeing you know anthology style Christmas horror films. Yeah, if they're ever going to make any more of these things. But yeah, I agree. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, wasn't very. Unless they can get Eric Freeman back for a direct sequel, I would watch that. <laughs> I would too. I would watch that one. I would like to see him and Clint Howard in a movie together. Oh my god, they just need to make that. They can both be Ricky. Yeah. Be named Ricky. You know, he's Rickly, Ricky the homeless guy and he's Ricky the Santa killer and you can do yeah. Just get them in scenes together, man. It just uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I I I'm proud to say that we've both survived Christmas. Oh my god, yeah. And we have survived the Silent Night Deadly Night movies because that that was definitely a chore. Yeah, I feel like I almost didn't, you know, like, <laughs> I, I especially, feel like, like, with uh, all the like stuff I going sh- on around the holidays and, like, yeah, just, just I, family stuff. And I, I would say... This was a chore, you're right. This, getting through these films, I feel like I should be winning a t-shirt from a restaurant or something like that. You know, yeah. it's like, you, you ate the entire bucket of shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> now you get to you have your name on the wall. No, because you haven't watched The Silent Night, Deadly Night 6. Go on YouTube. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'll have to do that one. I, I, I almost feel then like I have to Then you get your t-shirt. Then you get your t-shirt. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be worth it, but 
But I, you know, we did get it through. Definitely it, will not be worth it. Just no, to it let won't. You know that. It won't. <laughs> hey, you don't know. Maybe but. maybe thirty minutes in, it gets really. I probably not. But yeah, yeah. yeah no, we can hope. No. <laughs> but but actually, and then you know, coming up in the next few episodes, we are going to be taking a short horror break since. Gosh, we did. We just did six Silent Night, or yeah, six Silent Night, Deadly Night films. We did Chopping Mall. We did Invasion of the Body Snatchers. We did Phenomenon. Yeah. And now we're gonna take a few episode breaks from horror and go into some other kind of '90s forgotten films, right? Yeah, '90s quirky comedies with a question mark. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The next couple weeks, we're gonna do the. 90s i don't know like forgotten films i guess but anyway we'll uh coming up next week we're going to take a look at the movie drop dead fred yep um and following week we're going to look at the bruce willis vehicle hudson hawk which is i believe a razzie recipient and one of the mm-hmm. ones that always sits up on the top of those worst film ever lists and i've never seen it before so i'm curious to see why that is because i know it's one that people actually there's a strong cult following of people that love it too so yeah um, and then after that we're gonna interested. we're gonna go back to horror again and we're gonna look at some uh stephen king films yeah and actually i think didn't we select we selected some of the stephen king television television series yeah yep. so, stephen king miniseries so that'll be we'll a take a look too. at a couple of those um yeah so we got a lot of stuff on the calendar that i'm really looking forward to don't mind after this you know this little journey this holiday episode taking a little uh break from cult horror films um not that i'm ever truly burned out because you'll turn you know turn around and show me the right thing and i'm right back there but this was a tough one yeah (laughs) yeah it's definitely a tough one but um yeah so um merry christmas to everybody and sorry we didn't get this thing to you in a little more timely manner because i know it just would have made your christmas to hear us talk about you know six movies that you've never seen so the best christmas (laughs) presents are the ones that you get like a week and a half later so yeah and honestly i would put you know silent night deadly night part two is certainly one of my high points of this christmas yes it was worth it it was (laughs) worth it for seeing the first two films yeah i'll even throw the first one there it was worth it for seeing the first two the rest of them we watched honorable them, so mention we... for initiation but man don't even pay don't even don't even worry about it being part of this just no. if you're interested check it out if not whatever yeah. but <laughs> watch part one and two we watch the other so you don't have to <laughs> yep happy to do that so, yeah. so but i want to thank everybody would... for tuning in once again um you know we're glad to be back in business and and we got like like we just said we got some new stuff that's uh coming down the pipeline and, uh, yeah, and we, uh, like always, want to hear what you think. If you, by chance, I want to hear if there's anybody out there as crazy as we are, have sat through all of the Silent Night, Deadly Night films, you know, reach out to us, let us know, shoot us an email, find us on Facebook or Twitter, and just, uh, you know, let us, we can commiserate together, maybe we'll, we'll buy you a beer if you're close enough, or, you know, send you some, send you some swag, we got a bunch of stuff with our, you know, logo and, yeah. and video pot junkyard on it, um, basically yeah if you guys are if anyone out there wants to send us anything um, movie reviews or especially anything we've talked about on the podcast i'd be happy to send you some stuff you know trade your you send us your your review or your words and we'll send you some stuff so yeah and we'll read uh, it on the show too 
yeah, absolutely. If you take the time to write it, it's always my rule for, for the show. If you take the time to write it, we'll take the time to read it. So until that becomes unmanageable time-wise, that is my rule. So. There you go. <laughs> read the five print. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So until next time, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Joe Peterson. And this is Eric O'Branson. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>